Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sonic Talk, episode 638. Today, recording live on Wednesday, the 7th of October 2020. Um, this is the podcast to do with music technology, synthesizers, software production, music production, studio work, live performance. Uh, all that kind of stuff, the entire thing that surrounds the whole business uh, and uh, technology of creating and making and distributing and streaming and m making music. So uh, hello and welcome, everybody. Thanks for joining us. I hope it's all uh, joined up. Um, we uh, want to say thank you very much to our friends over at Isotope uh, because uh, not only uh, well, they're, they're basically offering us a special. If I, I can't, should I press that button? If I press the button, it'll, yeah, special coupon. Uh, uh, if you go to isotope.com forward slash sonic talk, you can save 10% on isotope products, which actually is quite apt because uh, one of the first topics is going to be to do with, or one of the topics is to do with isotope. But anyway, um, let's say hello to our friends in the YouTube chat room uh, and also in the IRC chat room. And we've also got Discord and. Uh, 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 Twitch, that's right, that's what I was trying to think I was trying to think that, that's what I was trying to think and also, uh, if you watch the pre-show which is only on Twitch, uh, there was I've got the Super 6 in the house which sounds quite nice, I have to say I'll be getting on to reviewing that sometime soon but, let's say hello to some guests uh, we'll start with Mr Ty Unwin uh, media composer and uh, pixel artist uh, who is there in his <laughs> home studio uh, because his internet... Uh, the story is, and I hate to, the story is his internet went, oops, that didn't want supposed to happen. His internet went down earlier, before before the show. And uh, let me see, live stream. It says there's no YouTube stream. Okay, I think there should be a stream. Connect my streaming software and start now. Okay, beg your pardon. Looks like the YouTube stream is not down. Let me just, is, is not happening. Let me see. Uh, it's not me. Okay, try that one. See if that one comes along. Golly, hope that works. That would be better, wouldn't it? Anyway, um, we'll figure it out. Um, Ty, lovely to have you. The reason we came to you first is because your internet, uh, the internet repairman showed up just before um, yeah. this show happened and it all went a bit wonky. So we'll go to and you first in is. case you go away. How are you, Ty? Yeah, I'm all right, thank you. It still is a bit wonky, so I have to apologise for looking like a early 1980s video game but um as long as you can hear me i suppose that's the, i suppose that's the important bit although sometimes i question myself on that one um i'm good i'm actually very stressed at the moment at uh because did i tell you i was stripping the studio did i tell you yes. this no. oh gosh yeah you might have mentioned it so it's it's still still it's still stripped and then uh we had a call uh they, uh, some Japanese video game wanting to use one of Midge's tracks in this uh, video game, quite a, a big video game. I can't say which one. And of course, Midge was like, great, that's wonderful. And then they said, oh, but we need the stems for to do it all in surround sound. And I had to go, um, we don't actually have a studio at the moment. And more to the point, the system that that was done on isn't the system that's getting reinstalled. So I've had to half reinstall the old system just to try and get the stems done to then take it all down again. And, and of course, as you can guess, because it's always going to happen, uh, when I try to then load in the files, which are now uh, three years old, um, they wouldn't load. And they kept crashing. And then I had to go through you know, the system reports, the crash reports, to try and find 
what plugin it was that was making the whole thing crash. So I've had a fun few days. It's been amazing. Oh, God, what a nightmare. Yeah, Yeah, that sounds bad. No studio and no working setup, so you've got to do... Uh, Just apologies uh, for those of you trying to watch it on live on YouTube. For some reason, it's not working. I haven't changed anything, so it'll be there. Don't worry, there will be a a stream. It'll just be slightly different. I'll just upload it later. Well, Ty, you have my condolences. I am sorry to hear that. Um, Technology, as as I quite often demonstrate with a live streaming show, is often not uh it's something to wrestle with and uh and that's something i often do wrestle with uh, anyway let's say hello also to mr dave spears who's there in his uh, synth boudoir and uh, his garret at home uh, dave spears of course g4 software make us a fine software instrument uh soft i would say i would call you a kind of uh synthesizer historian or synthesizer uh, uh, appreciator how would you what would you say it was synthesizer they call me a synth- fetishist they call me a- yeah, they call me a synthesexual here. Which I'm happy with. I, I can deal with that's that. Interesting. That's interesting. Okay. Right, yeah, that's it. Because I'm always going, oh, <laughs> no more details there, Dave. Yeah. Does yeah, that mean, because yeah. I'm without, I mean, I'm, try, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be, I hope I'm not being offensive because you get non binary. So if you're a synthesexual, does that mean you're non hexadecimal? <laughs> hey! 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 Do you know what? As soon as you say hexadecimal, my mind just goes back to KX88. Immediately. I don't know what that is. It's like some horror story from the past that sort of revisits. Just about to do a gig. Oh, the KX has gone down. You need to reprogram all that in hex. <laughs> so, yes. Anyway. Yes, there you go. You like my hair? Yeah, keep it's getting very... You look like you're getting ready to join... Um, oh, what's the I just had it Mondays. I just yeah. had it cut. Oh. Can you see the horror? The horror. Oh, wow. Oh, you've just had it cut. Yeah, oh, literally. I've like, noticed. Uh, it looked the the first. same. <laughs> <laughs> so teardrop expose. Going... Teardrop. Te- teardrop explodes. Um, or um, oh, what's the killing moon? You know, do do do. Echo and the bunny man. Echo yeah. and the bunny man. God, what was his name? I like a McCulloch, please. Ian McCulloch. Yes. Ian McCulloch. Yeah. 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 He was hilarious. He was. I liked anyway, him. Look- no, my missus was just like you know. Every morning she's like, it's like waking up next to Ken Dodd because it's all out here. And I'm, I've taken a picture of it like every day since lockdown and in the most ridiculous styles possible. One day I'll do a kind of little... An animation. A, a, thing. Yeah. a morphy thing. That sounds like a great point. Yeah. Well, lo- lovely to have you, Dave. It's such a rarity, but it's nice to see you there. And uh, that looks like a nice... Is that an Arp Quadra to the side of you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's rare. That's a really rare Quadra because it works. <laughs> it really does and it's got well. no snapped keys which is probably quite a uh, another rarity isn't it do they i am not... really paranoid when i kind of come in around the side i'm like what well, mind that key mind that key mind that key because yeah you're not yeah, allowed to wear any cardigans in your studio in case the buttons catch on the keys right oh man i mean there was a legitimate <laughs> Only reason onesies. why they had those keys <laughs> yeah yeah or in black God, what has life come to when the best we can come is with no cardigans? Or a onesie. All right, well, I'm doing my best. Well, um, Dave and Ty, lovely to have you. And of course, we have Mr. Gaz Williams, also, who is a uh, music technology bass player and also a streaming artist, uh, which I'm guessing. uh, Have you got the Gaz Williams show on tonight after after all this is over? Yes. Excellent. And tonight's show is going to have a very conscientious. 
what's the word, sorry? Um, controversial. Controversial, yeah, controversial title in that um, I'm positing that the electron analogue rhythm is the best drum machine of all time. Oh. That's, 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 yes. How clickbaity. Oh. <laughs> Very clickbaity, but I Remember to put a I cat on the, uh, on the poster frame while you're at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, uh, I just, I've, I've, I've put forward, I've put forward a, a bunch. Well, I've got the top, I've got the ten reasons. So you have to oh, tune okay. in. Mm. Ty, uh, the, the chat room are pointing out that you do look like you're, you do look like you're, um, you're, you're either outside a Frankfurter franchise or you've got a Frankfurter style hat. That really yeah. is very Frankfurter. <laughs> Uh, it is. For sure. I've got a big sausage on my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you certainly yeah. appear to have. In fact, because um, yeah. we were talking earlier about because all these technical issues we have, and I, I'd mentioned that uh, we will get onto some music technology at some point. Don't worry. And I was mentioning that when we were streaming and we were doing all the Superboob stuff, I needed to have all these kind of uh, these things to hold up. So because if you can't hear anybody, you'd have all these things. Uh, uh, Tapped us. Yeah, and hold on, there was another one. Uh, I can't hear you. I, I can't hear your synth. Uh, what's that? Reload the browser. So this is. I'm thinking of making a series of cards for live streamers, so that we can. But a bit more, bit neater than this, uh, so that we can use the people in our position can use them. And I've already prepared one for you, Ty. There you go. Ty. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, well, this all this fun and games is fun, not very much that, but uh, we should probably get on and talk about some stuff because there's things in the world happening. Mm. Um, I think we'll start. Actually, maybe we'll start with the new synth because uh, we're all we're all uh, in, but, but, yeah. Why not? This is the news that the new Prophet Five Red Four they're calling it. Electronics, Silicon Valley, it was all just evolving as I was just getting into the scene. And by the middle of the decade, I was actually, my day job was working with microprocessors because it came out of Silicon Valley also. At the same time, I was in San Jose, a few miles away. Emu was in an apartment in Santa Clara. Doug Curse was working in Los Gatos at the time. There's not much red fog in this, is there? Hold on. Let's get it up a bit. Envelopes are tight. Everything is, you know, what you would expect in a modern-day instrument. As you get towards three, it starts loosening up just a little. But when you start getting to two, and especially to one, it's spread all over the place. And for a lot of sounds, if you're doing chords uh, and pads, having it set around two really sounds awesome. Okay, well, this is the news that uh, Dave Smith uh, and Sequential have just decided to release or announced the release and uh, availability of the Prophet 5. They're calling it the Rev 4 because it's basically very similar in livery. Let me see, I've got a picture of it here. It's ve I mean, they're going for the, the, the classic look there, Prophet 5. I mean, it's basically got updated electronics, but a lot of the stuff is very much the same. So you get more stability, you get velocity and aftertouch, you get more patches. Um, and and you also get this sort of vintage knob, which takes it, is it, they likened it to, you start at a Rev 1, which was basically crap, right through to a Rev 4, which is the modern one, where it's really solid and, and tight. But it is all analogue business, you know, which is, I think, something that uh, is pretty cool. And it's nice to it's nice to see, even though they've said in the past, you know, we won't be re-releasing anything. They had to, really, didn't they, Dave? Is this one on it's the list? Right. I really, really, really want this. It's the only reason I'm on the show. It's the only reason I thought, I've got something maybe to contribute. No, um, 
Yeah. Uh, you have no idea. Don't go too far, Dave. Me. When I said, well, I'm just after a trade deal. Dave Smith, please, trade deal. No, I'm... <laughs> I was just so happy when I saw this. I mean, yeah, I've got a Rev 2. We've got a Rev 2 and a Rev 3. And the Rev 2 is like, every time you turn it on, it sounds amazing, but every time you turn it on, you're kind of doing this. Which one are you going to uh, get? And it doesn't work again. Uh, and that's been back to Kent sort of several times. But when it works, it's got, I mean, there are SSM chips in that, and that sounds monstrous. Rev 3... I love. In fact, we even bought something recently. I don't think it's arrived yet, but it's a mod that will turn your Rev 3 into a Rev 2. And it's a non-destructive mod, so just there's a switch kind of under the... I've got the profit here. Um, just uh, by the mod wheel. Uh, because I was like, yeah, yeah, that's probably the most reliable method we're going to have of getting the uh, Rev 2 sound. So, yeah, very anal about this. And, yeah, it was a joy. And it's a five-octave keyboard, and it's got velocity, and it's got aftertouch. And mm -hmm. I have no doubt that Ty is thinking about one if he hasn't pressed the button already, <laughs> which is why I called and went, yeah, please come on the show. I don't want to be uh, on my own. And <laughs> <laughs> also, I think I know why you should be on the show. Well, so, uh, yes. yeah, I don't blame you. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a bit rich for me because it's, you know, it's obviously, it's, I think it's going to be about two and a half grand. So it's it's up there with a lot of the, you know, so Polybrute is similar price. Uh, the UDO uh, Super 6, which we've got here in the studio, nearly ready, you know, starting to get set for review. So, you know, it's up there, but it's also got the pedigree. I know, Ty, I'm imagining, have you got a Profit 5 already, or is this going to be your first P5 in the flesh? No, you see, the thing is... If you buy oh, This one, is going to be is. really... This is almost as controversial as Gaza's rubbish about the uh, written being the best drum machine of all time. <laughs> but you won't go into that. Uh, this is almost as controversial as that. I have to say... I've never been a huge Profit 5 fan. It's mm -hmm. never been a synth that's really done a lot for me. Me neither. Um, I've always just found it quite underwhelming, if I'm honest. Um, I bought Profit 6 because at the time they were... I mean, I've got lots of myth and sequential stuff. I've got Profit 12 and a Polyvolver and things. Um, but I bought a Profit 6... And with them selling it as the sound of a Profit 5, et cetera, et cetera. And I have to say, I'm not a huge... Again, the Profit 6, it's not it's not a first go-to synth. It's, it's nice enough, but that's it. It's okay. But there's a big but here. There's something in me that just has to go with this one. Do you know what? Maybe, maybe, they, maybe I'm the one that's mistaken here. And maybe I'm the one that's in the wrong. So... Um, I've uh, yeah, I've got a quote on a profit ten to to get one um, because I kind of it's it's a, it's just it's one that I genuinely I think I sh I'm, I think I'm mistaken. I think I'm the one that is not getting what everyone else is. I don't think this is an issue with the instrument. I think this is an issue with me. So um, so yeah, so I'm going to get a ten. So um, wow. So it should be yeah. Wow. Looking forward to it. Well, I yeah. must say, I'm very disappointed that they're not going for the 10 as in the dual manual one. Because yes. when I was a kid, oh, aren't we all? that was aren't the one. You know, that was the one that everybody just sort of yeah. went, oh, I must have that. Um, and yeah. yeah. I know, Gaz, yeah, I hear that you, you've got the same, the same lust after the, uh, the original <laughs> 10, right? Well, I've mentioned this before, but um, Rob Greensmith, who used to work with my band Rocket Goldstar, he bought 
Asia's Profit Ten um, when they were when they went bust a number of years ago. Um, Jeff Downs's Profit Ten, uh, and underneath it, we discovered it had a stencil saying Leo Sayer as well. So oh, yeah, a little bit of heritage to that one. But my goodness, with the keys horrible on it, you know, like um, I think just through years of uh, probably you know abuse and whatnot. But um, I think that's one of the things. That uh, this this new one having a proper nice key bed. Did they ever have good key beds? I think they were always shoddy, weren't they? The key- I don't oh, think I don't think that- I don't think any key beds around that time synth action key beds were very right. good because nobody really made those sort of things. You know, the only ones right. I, I think the only ones that were around at that time would have been stuff like for bottom mm. organs and things that, that weren't yeah. waterfalls, but. I mean, uh, regarding the price, though, and you mentioned it's a kind of premium instrument, but I mean, it's I, I did a little kind of calculation of it earlier. I think. Uh, it, it, when the Profit Five came out in '78, was it? Um, I think it would be worth about twenty-four thousand dollars. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Twenty, wow. yeah. twenty-four. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So you know, when you're looking at, I think three and a half thousand dollars for the Five Voice, um, is it maybe somewhere for five thousand-ish? I think maybe for the Ten Voice. Well, it's, um, four, it's four thousand pounds for the Ten. Right. Okay. Four thousand pounds. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, but it does seem to be like the market does seem to be sort of settling around that, right? You know, that what seems like an enormous amount of money around a sort of like maybe two and a half grand, three grand, but that does seem to be quite a competitive, surprisingly, um, yeah, field really for since. But and, and that's really hasn't happened for many years, you know, so that's it's kind of curious, interesting, but yeah, I, um, I, I think I, this I, is fantastic. Oh, oh, no, sorry, I was gonna, uh, but I, I am like I say, I am disappointed we haven't got the profit. Will Gregory's got an original profit <laughs> 10. Uh, oh, nice. And it's got the cassette thing in the side, which is, you know, obviously doesn't work anymore. Um, <laughs> but apparently they did make a Profit 10 in a Profit 5 case originally, but there was that there was only a few made and most of them didn't work and they had to be returned to base. So the Profit 10, it was, I think it was just, yeah, there wasn't enough yeah. space in the case to kind of... So with modern technology and, 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 you know, engineering, they'll be able to figure out how to make it not burn like a small volcano and it should be okay. Yeah, that'd be but, handy. Yeah. I don't know, they, I, but um, I'm, like, I'm with you, Ty. I've never, I never, really, I'm, I've, I've never kind of felt that whole thing about the uh, the profit, and I don't know why. I mean, it's pr- probably because I've never really spent that much time with it. It's not that I disdain it in any way. It's just. It's never- I think. I think. I mean, again, you know, Dave's your person to go to here because he, you know, but we. I've said this before. We do have. There's a huge amount of nostalgia just remembering how some of these synths were incredibly special. And some of them, when you then now revisit, they're not, I'm not saying they're not as special, but they, they're not quite as good as you remember them being. But, you know, I mean, Dave will quite happily completely destroy that one and tell me I'm completely wrong. But there's a lot of, there's a lot of modern synths out there that um, have, have, a certain, have a certain something which isn't, isn't vintage or isn't nostalgic, but it's are still great synths. And um, it's like we've had the conversation before about the Jupiter 8. If everyone thinks the Jupiter 8 is the best thing since sliced bread, and yet every time I've ever played one, it's never really, it's never yeah. really turned no, me on I, that well, much. I, I profits the same, really. Well, I think uh, this is also to do with the fact that the reason, you know, because I look back, I mean, um, a lot of, you know, Japan, Tindram, there's a lot of profit on that, and I really love some of the sounds on there but most of it is not necessarily just the synth programming it's to do with the production and what they mm. what they then did to the sound after it came out of the synth that kind of makes it so special which many of us have no yeah. idea what it is you know so it's 
it's again with the, like with the Jupiter that the, there was a utilitarian you know because it was the only programmable synth polysynth at the time that was affordable or you know in any way mass produced that's what everybody had so therefore we associate the music that was made that time which may have been made you know but if it was a utilitarian same with the Jupiter 8 and I've banged on about this the reason but that- then but the, but then with with that with the Jupiter 8 the the big test of that one is you go and listen to the synth sounds on uh, Blue Nile the first two Blue Nile albums. Essentially, almost all of that is due and you listen to that. And anybody but anyone that's into synths would listen to those two albums and go, I don't care what that synth is, that sounds amazing. And that's all basically on those two albums. Most, almost all of it is Jupiter 8. And so that, if, if, have you, if ever you to sell point for Jupiter 8, just listen to the first two Blue Nile albums because oh, the synths on that are amazing. So, I Dave, think that was me on the on the Prophet Five. That was me. I mean, I think. I mean, obviously, I grew up around that era. In fact, we've got a ten, and in fact, we've got everything except the T eight. Uh, <laughs> and I do like the ten. I like the you know that you can layer it and do the alternate keyboard thing. But for me, the weight of it and the size of it, it doesn't give me the same feeling bang for buck as the five and whilst i do like like i say i do like the three the rev two was the one for me but for me it was things like um or people like well certainly tin drum although richard barbieri told me a lot of that a lot of that was dave silver OB. the obx yeah and uh for me it was things like um wally Badaru and uh Grace Jones. What was the Grace? Yeah, Private Life, man. You listen to those chords on Private Life, and that's all Profit Five. Uh, Joan, I'm a trading walk under ladders. That was Dolby with a Profit Five in unison. The thing that always drove me a bit nuts about the Profit Five and the Ten is you can't detune the unison voices. So when you kind of lock, particularly on the 10, you're locking 20 VCOs and they're all kind of here and you get this phasey and it's like, ah, I just want to kind of spread them or detune them a bit and again on this i was like yep sorted that out sorted that out yeah so yeah i'm kind of but also there's another angle in terms of price i mean we've been working along uh, we've been doing a little bit of work for an american company can't say who it is but they're quite high high uh, high end and one of their guys said to us at one point that actually some of a large proportion of their customers in America are kind of doctors and lawyers who have the money to indulge themselves with the kind of dream studio that they've always wanted. And that's kind of when I saw this, I was like, this is perfect for that. You're going to have yeah. doctors and lawyers. You've got a huge disposable income who are kind of my age who have lusted after these things for years and gone, now I can get one and it's reliable and it's got five octaves on the keyboard and it's velocity mm-hmm. and aftertouch. So yeah, for me, I just, I don't know. I just thought it's in the hands of its rightful owner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've, got, uh, I've got a question. Me, me. I've got a question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, the thing it, it brought to mind most in terms of like a product in um, revival it's like Moog when they brought back the Mini Moog with things like Aftertouch and USB connectivity and a few other, but but mostly trying to be very true to its original. That's probably a similar comparison. Now the reason I'm curious, how will this affect the market value of existing Profit Fives, and and how has the reissue of the Mini Moog affected the property uh, the 
uh, the value of original mini mugs does it do you think it kind of enhances the reputation of the originals and makes them actually worth more or do you think if they will decline because you can buy better uh, version of them? Uh, well i th- i think uh, what dave said earlier i think has is a factor which is there's lots of people of a certain age with disposable income that don't buy these instruments for their living you know they're just they just it's like yeah. it's like the old it's almost like the same thing that we got where people would buy vintage guitars because they like them, you know. Not they're they're not like Eric Clapton, although he's probably got one. They're just blokes and people who want the nice things, and they can afford the nice things. So I think the originals will still have the cachet, whereas the professional users who don't want the irritation of the, you know, the the problem with it, the the, the lack of uh, what am I th- trying to say? The the reliability that the hassle the, basically the hassle, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, I think yeah. I think I think you're spot on. I mean, if you look back at a lot of the reissues, like you know, kind of MS20, the original MS20, and the uh, when they did the full sized uh, Odyssey and the Mini Moog and all of those, if they're done properly and done um, by the same companies and whatever, almost, um, I don't think it really affects the originals at all. And I think you're exactly right, Nick, in saying that for the people that do it for a living and need to be able to turn it on in the morning and it just work, that's the most important thing, unless you're just collecting. And as you say, a lot of collectors are, you know, not doing it for a living. So yeah. I don't think it affects them at all, to be fair. Yeah, no, interesting point there, guys. I mean, um, the only one I noticed was the MS-20. I think the MS-20 definitely dropped. The originals dropped in price secondhand after the later ones did they and and the oh, odyssey okay. to a degree yeah i mean not to a huge extent but it was uh it was reasonably noticeable and and certainly odysseys i mean at, at one point you were you know you're looking like two and a half grand for an old beaten up odyssey where hardly any of the sliders worked i think that's what i find amazing about you know the current status quo with analog gear it's like you know i remember actually when i got the profit 10 it turned up about five minutes before a podcast and i was under penalty of death you get it out the hall from the wife get it out the hall and get rid of those polystyrene chips so i'd kind of manhandled it into the studio and i was sweating and because it was so heavy and then i kind of had to come on air and be uh, vaguely normal not play it. which was quite yeah yeah i mean i don't i don't think we turned it on for ages but yeah, I mean, it's yeah, I do find that fast, and that that must have been I don't know five years ago, something mm. like that. And in five years, we've gone from no analog gear to mountains mm. of it. Uh, I'm just saying, uh, just before it goes, Enrico Palazzo in the chat room uh, said, uh, "So profit six or profit five or four, which is a fair point because the whole point mm. about the profit six was supposed to be in the same way the OB six. They're supposed to be based again on more analog electronics. I mean, what's is it just cosmetic that's going to be the difference there? Because if you want that look, no, the profit, the profits, yeah, I mean, the profit six uh, has got the effects units. It's got and effects it's got a, as well. Yeah. It's got a few, other, a couple of other things. I can't remember what they are now. Um, yeah, I know exactly. I know exactly why he's asking because that's exactly what's going through my head. You know, I mean, obviously, smaller keyboard, obviously. Um, I, I hope. I'm hoping that the five. You know, stroke ten is going to have a certain something which is, and that that uh, you know, rev four to rev to rev one knob 
isn't just a renaming of the slop um, right. knob on the on the Prophet Six. If it is, I will not be a happy bunny. But I'm hoping that um, it's doing more than that. So. Well, we'll have to wait and see. Yes. Well. Um, okay. Anyway, there it is. Uh, we had to go there because I think that was important. Um, so, and uh, I mean, you know. God bless you. If you can, if you can, and you want one, then go for it. I mean, there's there's so much choice out there at the moment. That's the that's the really good yeah. news. Okay, right. Let's take a look at uh, this new thing from Isotope. From the industry leaders in assistive audio tools and powered by legendary exponential audio technology, Isotope NeoVerb is the most intelligent reverb plugin for music producers. Introducing Reverb Assistant, the world's first real-time reverb preset creator, custom tailored to your track. With just a few clicks, Reverb Assistant helps you identify the perfect vibe for your instruments, tracks, and buses. The included style and size sliders let you blend your choice of three distinct reverb algorithms, including everything from short, realistic reflections to massive spaces and halls and a tone section provides a variety of different sonic characters for even more control. Hear your changes in real time as you make adjustments. When you're ready, hit next. Neoverb will listen to your audio and automate. Right, sorry, I was just getting a, uh, someone's repeatedly trying to ring me. It's the TV aerial repairman who said he was coming yesterday and is coming today, which means <laughs> I said, no, you can't ring me because I'm doing this. And he's, uh, he's rang me nine times, but there you go. Sometimes the message doesn't get through. So, yeah, this is the news that uh, Isotope Neoverb, which is an some really interesting things going on here. I mean, in the way that um, they've added the... Um, it was Exponential Audio that they acquired, wasn't it, last year or the year before? And this has got some technology in there, which is a great al algorithmic, a, a specialised algorithmic reverb company. And uh, it's got a bunch of that kind of intelligence stuff, which will, like the reverb assistant, which will tell you what needs to be masked in the mix or how you could change the mix or how you can change the reverb so that more of it gets through. It's clever stuff. I mean, I know, Gaz, you know, you, I know you're a fan of the mm. Isotope stuff. Uh, I haven't yeah, used Mixed much. Assistant. I mean, this, this, it's, I mean, it's what, two, it's quite expensive, actually. It's 300 bucks, which seems quite a lot, but it's still, you know, there's a lot of intelligent stuff going on in there, I'm guessing. Well, yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of things to consider here. I think the um, the exponential audio, I remember we talked about that, didn't we, on the show? The, but having uh, all of that, I, su I suppose um, all of the algorithms or I guess a large amount of them, uh, they ain't going to be cheap. So, but the assistant part, I think is actually quite interesting. I do use the assistant quite a lot with mastering uh, the, 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 the ozone version of the assistant. Um, just because I think it, it does give you a very good starting point. Um, and sometimes I've really struggled to kind of, <laughs> to get a better one, you know, than it so it's so it, it's there's definitely very clever stuff on, under the hood on that one and i guess there's going to be something similar with this but i think what is particularly interesting with this is that um reverb parameters are, are they can be quite funny uh, why would you want to adjust a lot of these parameters you know i mean brightness and darkness and length those are kind of obvious ones and and um size and shape i suppose but um there's a lot of, I mean, gosh, I remember using um, TC Audio, uh, TC Audio, what's it called? TC Electronics, um, yeah. Eth no, no, T no, sorry, um, Ether, the reverb, um, 2C Audio. Um, and there is just 
a staggering amount of um, of parameters available to you, um, algorithmic reverb, and you know a lot of them you just i don't know what you haven't got a particular it's not like a really interesting thing to adjust some of them it's quite hard the reason why i'm mentioning that i think it makes a lot of sense to offload some of that decision making process to ai i think so i'm very curious i mean finding the right reverb match for a for a song is make or break you get it sounding absolutely right and it's amazing but uh, so i think some assistance in this in this field i think is a really cool and can't really think of anything else quite like it in that respect mm, so, that's a good point um, I, I mean i suppose the thing mm. is is more often than not i'll just use whatever it is that i've got rather than do you see what I mean? I'll just go, well, which mm. is usually some sort of modulated reverb with a minimum of five seconds. So it's it's probably not for me so much in that respect. But uh, I know, Ty, you probably have to match and and think about these things in a little more detail than I generally would. Is this something that is of interest or would you prefer to kind of really think about it and get the right algorithm for the job and all of that no, stuff? I, I think I think I do get quite anal about choosing the right algorithm and getting the right reverb and because they all sound different um software hardware you know kind of lex uh eventide they all they all sound different and they all um serve different jobs really um, yeah and i think the biggest mistake because we've all been there you know i just remember the days when i had a quadriverb and therefore, everything had large hall on a quadriverb from a quadriverb on it, and I then couldn't understand why all the stuff that I was doing didn't sound as good as everyone else's. You know, as a as a, uh, as sound as good as a pro recording. And then, when you really look, you realise that finding the right reverb as a starting point is a it's really difficult, a real art form. And I wouldn't even I don't you know I've been doing it for too many years and i still now don't think you know there's plenty of time when i will sit there trying everything and it's just not sitting well and it's not working and i think everyone's the same and so having something like this which will essentially as gaz said give you a starting off point um and even just make you look at it in a different way this is the thing you know we're very it's very easy to get stuck in our oh i'll just use this whereas the fact that you know, it loads up to three reverb engines um, and you can uh, mix between them, which is obviously an art that lots of people don't do. Lots of people just stick one reverb on it and that's it. But mm. lots of people stick reverbs in serial or parallel or mm. whatever. It it does all of this for you as a, as a jumping off point, which is, fan I mean, to me, that sounds fantastic. And it hopefully it will make people sit up and look things a bit differently and try things things that they wouldn't otherwise try and because they've made the interface so simple and clear and you're literally just dragging you know kind of the the pointer around between the three engines and um find the find the point you know, yeah. you'll you'll find points that you wouldn't otherwise have, have gone down and the other thing is this whole unmasking thing people don't really understand how important it is because reverb by its very nature just blurs everything and to actually, if you get the right reverb with the right, you know, kind of programming, it's um, it doesn't get in the way of anything. It's like that's why I love adaptive verb, you know, the um, synaptic adaptive verb, because that does very clever things so that it doesn't get in the way. It's a different kind of program, but it does very clever things that it never um, gets in the way of, of the material. And if you use this right, I'm sure that you'll get a similar kind of effect in... Um, 
creating a, a hole or a space or whatever. So I, I love the look of this. I think it looks fantastic. And, and it, you know, it's so predictable. The exponential audio stuff is, was always, you know, up there with the best software reverbs. And so it's inevitable that they were going to, it was going to end up being combined with the AI um, mm, yeah, from Isotope. So it's great, great. Dave, yeah. I, I come from the live engineering school of reverbs. So you'd have uh, any desk, you have three effect sends, you'd have long, short and a, and a delay. And it didn't really matter what it was. It was just that there was, when life was simple. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, they were the days, weren't they? They were. Uh, funny Ty saying about quadriverb my god we ended up with two of those and it was just like yeah wow everything's going to be amazing but it wasn't in fact what made me laugh is I I went to Ty's one day and he was playing me uh, the CS80 and the Schmidt and I was and I saw underneath he'd got one of the big old uh, mega lexicons and I was like wow is that through the 460 or whatever it was and he went, no, no, that's a 30 quid plug-in. I was like, sounds amazing. But I think that was in his acoustically treated room and stuff. So I went straight out and bought that, whatever that was. Uh, yeah, that was EOS 2. Type does. What was it? EOS 2. Was I think it was EOS. Was it Audio Damage EOS? Yes, yes, Audio Damage, of course. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. No, I love everything Isotope does. Uh, I played around with this last night. Really interesting, actually. I used it on uh, a couple of vocal stems. And then I put it on something we've been working on for a very long time. And I went, ooh. Um, the vocal stuff was really interesting. But which way would you work with it? Would you set up your sound initially and then try and use the kind of helper? Or would you use the helper first and then tweak it? That's what I was kind of intrigued as to. I suppose I you'd need to know how whether you wanted something long or short or, you know, something authentic and then figure out you, you need to decide that first rather than I don't know what sort of reverb I want I just want reverb well when you I, play I, it to it oh, sorry 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 no go guys no 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 I was I'm just wondering sure. what would happen if you put it if you if you tried it at the di on different sections of the song so like how if you ran the algorithm you know the algorithm on the verse compared to the chorus for instance oh look at you being all Trevor Horn and clever <laughs> so, um, but I, I mean, I, I mean, that was quite. That'd be quite interesting, wouldn't it? Because then you could have a different sort of set of, you know, a sound that sort of morphs over the over the song's arrangement, you know, to um, specifically tuned reverbs. Could be quite interesting. Yeah, that's a good yeah, idea. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I've got a code. I'm, I will try it out. I mean, the thing is, is I don't really have any complex mixes that require masking because it's usually one synth. So, you know, if I'm, <laughs> there's not really a kind of... And I, you know, I could try it on, the, uh, on this chap here, but that takes up so much space. It's, uh, I suppose if you mask that, there wouldn't be much left, maybe. I don't know. And how uh, you I use it on a channel? I mean, I was using it last night on a channel, but would you use this on, on a, a mix bus? I don't know. Yeah, good. I wouldn't use it on a mix bus if I was going. Well, no, okay. Yeah, I think I'd, you, use, I'd use it as a send, but I would be using it specifically for for one particular um, 
yeah. one instrument. I think, I think the reverb both. assistant allows you to analyze the mix and compare it to your reverb, and then it tells you whether there's stuff in your reverb that you can you could get out of the way of the mix or stuff in your mix that you can get out of the way of the reverb. That might be across the send. So if you you might want to EQ the send before it gets to the reverb, which is often what people do a lot anyway. So I guess that's how it analyzes the stuff, right? If you okay. if you do a send to a group, this is something I was just thinking about how this would work. It'd be quite interesting. If you do a send to a group and then that group, you then uh, have that sending to maybe four different reverbs uh, full and then you've got the four reverb returns all the way down, and then you can just sort of increase, and you can listen to the reverb mix of, you've got essentially four identical sends going to four reverbs, and then you can like bring the returns up to sort of, mm-hmm. um, it's a way that I like to work on, if I'm working on an album project, I like to, I'll set that up at the beginning and I'll have my four reverbs, and then I'll kind of use those pretty much fixed uh, and then just vary it on a song per song basis um so I've, and, and i've done that in the past to do that so i could automate those returns uh, to kind of get changes between you know to make sections feel different to feel something expanding and then contracting a little bit um so so you know i, I think with reverb things i've 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 been quite creative myself in trying out different ideas so this really really interests me mm. uh to see if it will do stuff that will blow me away that's what i really you know to be like wow um because you know it i think there's a really wild psychedelic effect of of a morphing space i'm uh, sorry i'm going off topic yeah, no, that's here, but, um, i think you're absolutely right yeah. well um yeah well maybe we'll i mean try. i do I'm oh, sorry. No, I was, I was only going to say I do. I do the same, but I just do lots of um, uh, parameter uh, control. So I, I, on all of my reverbs, I have when I'm when I'm working on it, I have loads of um, automation on reverb parameter and delay parameters. There's loads of automation going on. Um, so what Gaz is saying is 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 spot on. Really, it's just to it's just to keep people interested or just take them places that you know don't feel the most obvious ways of doing yeah. it but, and I, but I think this this is the kind of thing that can help even if it's not even if it's not directly using it I think it's great as an idea that people are, are looking at reverb if they use this they're looking at reverb in a different way and they're you know kind of there'll be a lot I'm sure there'll be lots of moments going well I, I didn't think of doing that and I think that's really important and I think that's yeah. that's what I would find useful in this so I well, think anyway. almost like an education thing. Anyway, yeah, we'll anyway. check it out. I think there's probably, uh, I'm not sure if there's a demo. Well, actually, I forgot to say, if you're interested, then, of course, uh, you can get the 10%. You can put your, go to lifestype.com forward slash Sonic Talk and save 10% if you're going to buy it. So uh, I, it's probably on special at the moment. I have to, I have to check that. So if you put in Sonic 10 at checkout, you would save 10% on that as well. Um, but, yeah, that's a buy-the-buy thing. Um, gosh, time has gone by. I've, I've, there's still so many co- topics left. Well, we've got three left. I'm going to have a vote. So we've got uh, Suiko <laughs> ST, hands in the air. No, okay. Well, I, I, I haven't got my <laughs> okay. mail. I haven't got my mail in front of me. Two uh, Roland TR machines or inspiration cards. Oh, we can do both of those too. 
All right. Then. To okay. be fair, we can do we can do all three of them if we keep. I mean, the yeah. the, the the Japanese. Yeah. The, <laughs> all right. The, let's do the, the Japanese thing. This is this is basically this came up. This is a a, a video that that Heimbach uh, did. It's great uh, does great uh, features on uh, on YouTube. And this is uh, ultra rare 80s Japanese synth called the Suiko ST50. It's good to have you back. The instrument I have in front of me today is one of the rarest synthesizers I have come across so far. The Suiko ST50. It seems to be full of kind of Japanese sample stuff and it's it's very much for the Japanese market. I just I thought it was kind of cute and, and kind of something a bit different. Never heard of it. I will point out, I did look uh, to see whether there were any, uh, the, the, this was from an article originally on Syptopia, and I immediately went to uh, Reverb. Whoa. Found one uh, that was uh, £463. So um, I don't know if that's a lot or not. I, I mean, if it's that rare, but it's like a rompler with, uh, seems... with, it reminds me a little bit of the, um, what's the auto harp thing? Was that Seiko? Suzuki. Omnicord. Omnicord, yeah. Reminds me of that a little bit. I mean, not really, but just in, in its speciality. No. I think that's... at the end of... Sorry, that's me. I think at the end of the day, it's it's an instrument that's specific to an area. It's got specific scales to the area. It's got specific sounds to the area. It's a rompler. It's incredibly, I think it's incredibly cute and incredibly interesting if that's your bag or that's where you live or that's the kind of music you want to write. And I think outside of that, I think if you compared it to any modern sample library, <laughs> it sounds crap. But that's that's kind of, but I think it's incredibly quaint and uh, I'd, I think it's brilliant, but I yeah. would never have any urge to own it. I think the UI is probably what makes it interesting as well, and because I think it does auto accompaniment and chord buttons and stuff like that. So that would be you get things out of it that you wouldn't ordinarily get. Well, Ty did say we could whip Absolutely. through them, so, uh, <laughs> so, that, so there we go. <laughs> I like this. I, I like, like this. It. I want this. I, yeah. I do like this. In fact, it's good that Gaz is on because so Brian Eno asked me to find him a Suzuki Omnicord Mark One, and the Mark One was like really important because it sounds better than any other one. And the first thing I thought when I saw this is, we should get one for Brian and see what he does. But the other thing I thought is, you remember what I did that CS80 video, and there's that pitch rise thing whenever you hit the notes really hard, and and I mentioned in the video that actually in the 80s with the whole obsession with China and Japan and everything, this was you know played in fifths and completely overused. And uh, as such, I just thought it was cheesy and I don't do it. Well, actually, since I did that video, I've become slightly obsessed with that sound and trying to make tunes in as cheesy a way as possible. And this was just like, when I saw this, I was like, first of all, I think old Heimbach is supremely cool. Oh, he's amazing. I was like, I do want this. I do want one of these. Even if it, I, I imagine the kind of digital noise aliasing in it is very 80s. Uh, yeah. So yes. Anyway, so that's my yeah. I've done my bit now. Gaz, Gaz, it's a bit like, isn't it a bit like? It's like what? What about the Volker, the Volker Suica? That would be that, yeah. maybe that's what we need. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. I'm, I mean, I'd love to get my hands on one, and I love using things that are not meant to be used in certain ways, and you know, doing stuff. I mean, my friend had one of those. Um, 
not a shruti box, but like it sort of drones. It's like a Indian electronic thing, and you can uh, choose what key it's droning in, and it's sort of, and it, it just kind of creates like yeah, tambura, tambura, something I can't remember, but little boxes. Um, but using them, putting them through noise gates, and sort of putting like rhythmical noise gates across them, and having loads of fun with them. Uh, so I, I, you know, that sort of thing really interests me. One thing I was going to say though, Heinbach, very, you know very brave of him to start his feature in Japanese but come across very sinister didn't he <laughs> he's like the arch villain yeah it's a bit blowfeld yeah no <laughs> yes I know um, what you're saying I love him he's so I love the way yeah. his presentations they're so calm and they're so on the money he's he's honestly he's yeah. Spot on. He's lovely. I love the guy. He's great lovely to hang stuff. out with, though. He's, he, he's, he is like a super calm and mellow person to hang out with, too. So it's, it's, um, Excellent. Well, you yeah. can check. You, I thoroughly <laughs> recommend you check it out. We'll put a link in the show notes to that uh, for sure. Okay, moving on quickly. Um, Next. New uh, Roland, new tranche of Roland drum machines. This is the TR6S, mm. which is a six-channel version. It's basically got the same voice architecture as the 8S, which, as we know, is was considered might be also be something that you might consider as one of the best drum machines of all time at one point. Um, just throwing that in the mix. Uh, the TR6S is, packs a pretty impressive amount of features into a small and portable is, machine. It's very small. Way, can also be battery powered. And just like its bigger brother, the TR6S. David Arlen there on the case. Uh, and uh, the thing about this is it'll play samples, so you can put samples in it. So it's kind of a nice, cheap uh, or affordable drum machine. Uh, and there's also the, uh, what was the other thing that it was? The, uh, hold on. The 06. The 06, which is... Yeah. I, I don't know, what's the obsession with this drum machine, for God's sake? I don't know, oh, God. Good. Stop now! Stop now! <laughs> stop! Okay. What? Stop making them? Stop talking down no! about the two? <laughs> Do you love the six oh six? Oh my god! I love the six oh six. Stop! Wow. I think Ty's putting forward six oh six as the best drum machine ever made. Oh. Gaz, you're going to have to fight it out later. <laughs> I this TR six S. Yep, looks very cute. Sausage fingers, not going to happen. Uh, the TR06, I absolutely, I wet myself. Honestly, I wet myself when I saw that this was coming out. So um, I am so excited. And the features they put on it are um, everything that everyone wants. And, uh, yeah, absolutely it's the IRA brilliant, thing. It's it's IRA, isn't it? It's it's kind of like the uh, like the boutiques, but the drum machine version, like the nine hundred nine. So it'll have presumably separate voice outs put on USB, battery powered, those kind of things, and they do sound pretty good. And it's and, and it's also and, and it's also the fact that they've added different parameters that uh, for like the snappiness on the snare, all the things kind of wanted when you have one of the originals. And I, I mean, the bottom line is, look, it was my first drum machine. That's why it's more nostalgic. It was my first drum machine. And I did so much with that, that, you know, and I knew it like the back of my hand. And I love, I still love the sound of it, even though it does basically sound a bit crap. But yeah. I still love the sound of it. And I'm very, so very excited about it. Um, so, yeah, but the, the, the TR6S looks fantastic, but it's just too it's too small. For well, me. it does look fantastic. It does in the same way that the MC101 mm. is to the MC707. The MC707 mm. is is very hands on. I've actually got it here at the got it here. In fact, I was uh, I was playing with it. Yeah, I was messing around because I'm sharing. I'm going to share the project for it. But the 101 is just horrible to use because it's too <laughs> small. And may I have a is feeling it the same? that maybe. 
It's, well, it's is the it the same, same footprint? Similar, I think, but yeah, I think so. Right. right. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, that's a new area. But it's got the same FM right. voices. It's got, you know, so you, for affordable, they're both 351 quid, which seems weird. I would have thought the AS would be more expensive than the Dramatics, but hey, there you go. And so that's that bit of news. Right. Right. We're going to move on. <laughs> this is, uh, so oh. I think I've got this. Uh, oh, did you want to, sorry, Gaz, did you want to add to that? Well, I, no, only, only that I think that. I think that they may have just got something absolutely spot on with the 6S, though, just in terms of it being, I mean, it really is pretty tiny, but, I mean, it packs enormous amount of stuff in there. As you say, it, it's got the whole engine of the, the 8S in there. Uh, and then that also includes the FM engines, which yeah. I think was... Scatter effects, effect, all of that yeah, stuff. Scatter. Yeah, scatter. Mm. So, I don't know, I just have a feeling that that actually is probably going to be a bestseller for them. Um, yeah. And it works at under £400. So Three, five, well, I'm just trying to money. see what the specs are yeah. on this. Uh, it's got an SD card, uh, connectors. Yeah, it doesn't mm. have any input, so you can't process external inputs or samples. Sample. Like, I think you could yeah. do with the AS, so that would be can, the downside. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, okay, fair enough. So we're mo moving on quickly to... Uh, here we go. <laughs> this, is, this is the Song in My Head Presents. These are basically song songwriter cards... So it's just a set of inspiration cards with a, a very fancy marketing <laughs> video. But it's quite an interesting idea. So you can buy these. Uh, oh, let me have a look. Uh, I think they're like 30, 30 quid, 10 families. You can basically just kind of mix and match styles, uh, wisdom card. You know, this is an interesting idea. It's somewhat oversold, I feel. But the harmony card i think it could take you in a lot of interesting directions if you're lacking inspiration and i think it's has it got an app with it i can't remember i think there's something yeah anyway i would very much check i would check that i mean i i'm trying not to because we're, we're rushing it but i quite like the idea but it, it kind of the reason i'm rushing it because it threw up a wider thing which is okay you know we're all occasionally creative or often creative what have you tried the, the, there was the Eno oblique strategies which are quite obscure uh, they weren't they, well they weren't terribly cheap either I think can you now print them out I don't, I don't remember if you can or not whether they're still sellable does anyone know no there was a way to print them for years there was a, there was a ah, website okay. that you, yeah there was something yeah um, I think you can buy them though oblique strategies so yeah I'm pretty sure you can yeah. um, mm. so I don't know. I think I, I I like the idea of this, and it may well be really useful and, and 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 kind of trigger a lot of ideas. But I wondered whether or not, you know, when you're suffering from a lack of creative inspiration, is it something like this that you would turn to, or do you have any tried and tested things, or you know, like me, do you just turn it off and come back tomorrow? <laughs> me, I think. It, I mean, it, 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 I think a lot of the time the inspiration doesn't come from necessarily those things, but more from just you know, a general malaise in your life or, you know, things, other things rather than musical decisions, I think, cause True. it to maybe stop. However, you know, something that could kind of throw it something into a different direction is a good thing. I think these seem like a pretty good idea. Um, yeah, I'm kinda, I'd like to try them out, actually. So I think 30 quid seems a bit pricey, you know. We've got to pay um, for that for... video somehow. I mean, I think there's <laughs> a lot of 3D work in there. Yeah, um, you know, a tenner I think would be a good price for them. Thirty quid seems a bit pricey for a set of cards, but um, but, but you mind you, look, write, at, look at board yeah. games. Board games go for bags of money, don't they? It's, it's you know, yeah, you are paying for all that brain yeah. power, I suppose. 
I know, Ty, I, I'm, I'm getting the impression that often you're, you know, you probably don't have time to not be creative. Or if you're not creative, it's like even if you're having a bad day at the office, you know, you can you could do something that would be acceptable. But there must be times when you just think, I just need a little moment of what, what, what how will I approach this project or whatever it may be? No, you're find? right. You, you, you're spot on because, you know, because of what I do, I, I don't have the luxury of having moments where I, I, I need to be inspired, I think. This is part of the reason that people people think that when you're grown up writing music, you have to be struck with the muse and suddenly have the moment and all that kind of thing. Unfortunately, what I do, I have to deliver whether I'm in the mood, not in the mood, or you know whatever. But if I'm, I'm the, if I'm not feeling particularly inspired, for me, it's uh, switching on a piece of gear that I don't know very well. That always helps. Or loading oh. up a piece of software that I don't know very well, or going. Through Patches on on you know synth or piece of software that I don't really know basically it's because if I know them I know what to get I'm going to get I know what to expect and I think you know I've got a f- quite a few pieces of gear that are um, not the easiest to work with and they're normally the ones that inspire me because they go in a they take me in a direction that I'm not getting complacent with oh. or, or you know kind of expect that's interesting so. Yeah, so it's almost like, um, you know, my, it's almost like my entire world of writing is one big safety net. And for me to get inspired, I kind of have to move out of that safety net and go somewhere where I'm less comfortable. Or, or sometimes I'll open up live with with a push just because I'm less familiar with it. And I'm, I, always think, I always forget everything about Ableton because I use it so regularly that... Um, so I always forget, and that always kind of takes me down a direction which I wouldn't naturally go. So, yeah, that's an interesting it's the, idea. It's the, yeah. yeah, or or that's you could so the equivalent of uh, just taking some time out to program the central heating timer, then then you know that's yeah. unfamiliar territory. Right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not far off. Yeah. Right. What about you, Dave? I know. Uh, I mean, you've got plenty of synths that presumably you are very familiar with. I mean, so sometimes you know, I, I don't know. I find because I find I turn on a synth, I, I, I'm flipping through presets. I, I for me, I've got so little technical ability playing wise that I always fall into the same patterns, the same things, and I find it a real struggle to move out of the chord shapes that I'm normally doing. So sometimes it has to be a sound that will direct me in that in a different direction but more often than not i kind of tend to fall on the same pattern so it's like oh this sounds big it's a pad sound i'll do those chords that i always do you know but obviously if i was doing it commercially in terms of trying to sell my music that would be harder um so do you what do do you do you find work from a concept or do you just find the muse takes you i don't think i've had a creative bone in my body since lockdown i don't know what it was uh, that's slight over-exaggeration. I did go through, in fact, I dug out a Juno 106 and went through the presets on that. And some of those presets were sounds that were used on an album that I was kind of involved in a million years ago. And I was like, oh, and that sent me off in a direction. I normally find the best way to get inspired is uh, go and do a job that you'd never, ever want to do for half a day. And I guarantee you'll come back to the studio with renewed vigour thinking, Jesus, at least I'm not doing that job for a living. Yeah. <laughs> it's I, the way it works for yeah, me. Count, go count your socks or do your accounts or, you know, yes, do, do something like that. Do your accounts. That will <laughs> I, always make you want to get back in the studio. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, well, that's an idea. I was thinking, what, 
one way of getting inspired though is uh, if uh, if you play guitar is just doing some open tunings and then all your standard chords all sound really interesting has there ever been anything like that on a keyboard eh, where you push a button and then like all, all the notes reassign themselves <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. There, there are there are some things there are some things that you can do like that i mean and also grid right. based you know the scale snapping and the grid based stuff yeah there are some that's yeah, true I, yeah you were going to say MIDI error. He did uh, the, me, the, that plugin, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I mean, from a guitar point of view, like an open tuning. My goodness, every time I discover a new open tuning, it feels like a um, just like some new dimension opening, some portal into some exotic otherworldliness. You know, and it's just simply just from a couple of strings being tuned differently from from normal. Um, and I'm away for hours then, just come, you know, coming up with all sorts of stuff. And uh, yeah, that's that's always something. I mean, that's a really obvious yep. example, but I'm trying to find the MIDI-era the product, but I can't find it. Uh, sorry, carry on. The other thing that I do, which is a very personal one, is because because um, over the years I've written so much music, and because of it's just constant, and so I never go back and listen to old stuff that I've done um, incredibly rarely. So if I'm if I'm not particularly feeling inspired, I'll literally just pick a random folder from a project that I did 15 years ago, and I'll listen to it. And the great thing about it is because it was done in such a hurry, and because I haven't listened 15 years, like I'm listening to someone else's music. Except the difference is I can listen to this music and get totally inspired and go, "Wow, that sounded amazing!" And I can pinch every note of this because it's me. <laughs> and I had, I had that's oh sorry you know, got, that's a good thing to do no go yeah. for it go for it go for it no I had exactly the same thing recently I wrote up my life in the eighties but it was the opposite outcome I listened to it and went that was terrible yeah. <laughs> that's the, that is the danger isn't it you could just find you just think oh why do I bother it's all no. so bad and always has been no 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 no, no. <laughs> genuinely genuinely and this is absolutely truthful. Don't ever presume that that's the problem. The problem is when you listen to stuff that you did 20 years and go, and go, oh my God, I used to be really good. And now, <laughs> because, because I swear to God, I get that one all the time. I listen to these old projects thinking, God, I used to be able to write tunes and everything. You know, it was, <laughs> honestly, I swear. I listen I know, to old but stuff. You I, think, I think I peaked in... in I think I peaked in 1990. And I think I've done a steady decline. But then, you can only—I mean, once once they once they kind of over over mix your stuff with uh, a load of foot, you know foley work and the dialogue, so that nobody can hear anything anyway. Enough times, then you would presumably not invest so much emotional energy in those kind of projects. Do you know, I would love to say that you were spot on it, but I have something wrong in my head. And I will still spend exactly the same amount of time and effort and hours and days and months on a piece of music that I know when it's actually in the dub, all you're actually going to hear is, and that's all you're going to hear. I will still put exactly the same amount of time and effort into it. It's, it's, do you it's, think, do you, it's, it's a problem. Do you think that's why Hans no, Zimmer uses those massive drums all over the place? Because you just cannot, that, then, then you absolutely know that they will be heard. There's no way that you can't hear them. Because then yeah. you get that, and it's like the the emphasis point. Yeah. There you go. That's going to be loud, and maybe they'll keep the volume up. <laughs> Who knows? Bro, maybe. In a or love maybe scene. they won't. <laughs> yeah. <exactly>. Bang <laughs> the drum. <laughs> yeah. Um, Excellent. 
anyway. That's brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> well, um, we, we kind of got there in the end. I think we've kind of made it almost through. I'm sorry about the... I don't know where this has ended up. There are people watching it on YouTube, but I have no idea where they are because uh, mm. it's not there anymore. I, I, so I'm completely... Yeah, I don't know where where it is. So can, hopefully it'll can be I just Can I just say, we, when you put all four of us like that, to put us, all four of us on the screen... Yeah. You, I really Frankfurt. see what mean people mean about the Frankfurt. <laughs> this is, this <laughs> hair was a bad idea. It's like one of those arrows, you know, they, yeah. one of those arrows you can put on your head that goes across as though it's going through right, your brain. No, hang on, this is like, <laughs> yeah. If I get right in the middle, <laughs> hang on a minute. <laughs> there we go. It looks like, if you cave, it looks like I've got orange ears. Yeah, that's it. That's Special, some new some new headphones that Brilliant. you've just been sent in to try. Brilliant. Excellent. Um, well, thank you so much, everybody. It's been a great fun uh, episode as ever. Uh, I want to wish you all a lovely week and also say thank you very much to all of our other people in the chat room. There do seem to be YouTubers there, but I just don't know where they are. I, I don't know where the end point is. I'll find it somewhere. And also all our friends over in the IRC and also in... Well, there's another place, isn't there? Oh, yeah. Um, uh, Discord and if, and everywhere else. In fact, if I come back, I can put the, I'll put this little bit on because we want to say if you want to carry on the chat after the show or just the rest of the time, uh, we've got a Discord channel, uh, a Discord server with loads of channels on. So if you go to bit.ly slash Sonic Discord, one word, um, then basically that's the the the, the never-ending invite. So you can go there, and it'll mean you can get onto the server and join. And we're, we're the community's growing and growing and growing. So uh, please do head over and, and enjoy that. I've just got to switch that one off there. But um, Gaz, thank you so much for joining us uh, and and making yeah. yourself available at such short notice. And of course, uh, your show's on at eight o'clock, which is Gaz Williams' show. Yes. And is it eight o'clock? Thank you. Yeah, 8pm 8, 8 tonight, yes. 8pm yeah. UK, so yeah. you'll be doing that. UK. And arguing the fact, I, I suspect <laughs> you might get a bunch of people in the comments who are going to be arguing against the fact that that is the best drum machine ever made. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm putting, 10, I'm putting 10, 10 things forward for this being the best drum machine ever made. So if you want to come and join the argument, yeah, 8pm 8, 8 tonight on Gaz Williams' show. Okay, Thank right. <laughs> I wonder if there's any room for uh, cons as well, because then obviously, uh, oh, well, anyway, we'll we'll get on to there. Ten, ten reasons why it's not. So get your get your stuff yeah. ready to paste into the comments. Anyway, uh, also, Ty, uh, anyway, thank you very much for joining. Well, it looks like your internet engineer hasn't totally broken your internet. I mean, it's certainly not, not as good not, as it used not, to be, but uh, no, but maybe next time, by the next time you'll be on, it'll be like you'll you'll be appearing like you're actually in the room. It'll be so good. All well, those it's, bits will have queued up. Yeah, it's been dragging on since July, so hopefully it will get there eventually. Uh, meanwhile, this evening I'll be there at eight o'clock. Gas show, love it, but I'll be uh, I'll be arguing the toss. So ah, okay, excellent. Well, thanks, <laughs> thanks very much. That's a challenge. There. <laughs> yes, uh, and of course, Mr. Dave Spears there in his studio. Uh, thank you very much for joining, Dave, who is uh, going to he's joining a uh, Echo and the Bunnyman tribute act. Uh, yeah, joining I the boy that band. Was, I, look, I look like one of the Ruttles. Oh, yeah, oh, okay. <laughs> Either that or a twat. Right, enough of that. Oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> easy, easy. Right, on that note, we should probably uh, quit while we're ahead. But thank you very much, everybody, for joining us. Thank you very much. And don't forget, uh, we'll be back next time. See you on Discord uh, um, if you're also there. That's it for this time. Thanks very much. See you next time. Bye-bye now. Bye.